You're listening to True Story, a night of true tales told to friends. The following story comes from our friends over at Lemon Tree Creations in Toronto. So in July of this year, I went on tour and I took my show to Halifax to the bus stop theater for the Queer Acts Festival. And I was super excited because I'd never really been on tour. And I thought this is excellent. I was in a hotel. I was swimming. I was meeting all these really nice people that I heard about in the East Coast who were incredibly friendly and sweet and would do tarot card readings for me and try to buy me drinks and talk about my culture, which is Afghanistan. And it was really, really nice. But I was quite distracted the entire time because the week before I had left for this trip and this tour, I was completely falling for a friend of mine. And I was very nervous because I was very, very focused on trying to move my career up and trying to do the best work I possibly could and I could not afford any sort of distraction or heartbreak because things always end in heartbreak. I don't mean that in a really negative way, it just happens to be a pattern. <laughs> so a week has passed and finally it's the last night there and everyone is crying and we've all become incredibly attached to each other, seeing each other's shows, talking about coming out stories and laughing and drinking and smoking. And I noticed this girl and she has very long hair, and her body shape is very close to mine. And I only see the back of her head, but something in my head says, I have to go talk to her. And I go, why? I don't really know this person. I'm in love with somebody else back in the city, and I'm too afraid to return, but I know I have to go back. So I try to approach her, and she sees me, and I see her, but... We can't talk to each other because every single time I take a step forward, there's another person who comes in the way and tells me, oh my God, I saw the show, here's what I think about it. And I go, oh, this is so excellent, this is so lovely because I don't often get a chance to do that. So four hours passes and we're still in the lobby of this theater and I'm desperately trying to talk to this woman who I don't really know and we haven't even formally introduced ourselves my logic is a little messed up. Suddenly, you know, when I have feelings for somebody, I think, in what way can I destroy this where I don't have a feeling for somebody? And how can I turn this around where I just don't think about it anymore by trying to be with somebody else who I don't have any particular interest in, right? It's a lot of self-sabotage. So we go across the bar and she's still there, and it's karaoke night, and the energy is very different. Now, people are nervous, and people don't want to go home, and they want this festival to keep going. And I know that I have to get up super early in the morning to get back to Toronto. And again, I see her at the bar, and again, I go, I need to talk to her. And I take another step forward, and suddenly I'm interrupted by this woman in this really tight red dress and this beautiful fur red hat. And she is going, are we going to sing a song together? And I'm going, I, 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 I guess so. I, I don't really know you. I, okay, we will. All right. It's been four hours, almost five at this point, where I'm trying to talk to this one particular woman. And I can't do it. It's such a small space. And I can't seem to cut across the room to talk to this person. 
And I'm about to go up to her, and I see that she's suddenly approached by another woman. And I'm going, oh, come on, are you serious? And they're talking, and suddenly this other woman who's talking to the woman that I want to talk to is becoming very aggressive. So I think, I'm going to step in and say, hey, is everything okay? But as soon as I'm about to do that, my name is announced for karaoke. <laughs> I go up, and I, I put my hand around the mic, and I'm very nervous because I don't really like uh, talking into mics. And... Uh, <laughs> um, and I have my left hand on the mic, and singing a song and that I'm getting all the words wrong. And I'm looking over and I'm seeing this girl and suddenly my hand starts to swell up, like double in size. And what I realized that a couple of minutes before I had went on, they would sanitize the mic. So whatever thing that was on the mic was giving me this intense allergic reaction. And I'm going, I still have to get through this song. I have to get through this song. Not very confident at all. I'm just like, oh, I'm still standing. And like my hand is just swelling and swelling. And they're all like in the center dancing and having fun. And I see her and she's dancing, you know, this girl from Halifax who I haven't introduced myself. And I have to cut the song short because my hand is really swollen. And I raise my hand up and everyone's like, <gasps> Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. They stop the song, and the girl that I've been meaning to talk to the entire time runs up on stage, takes my hand, and she goes, I just live around the corner. Let me just take you. I have some Benadryl <laughs> that you can use for this allergic reaction. I'm going, okay, amazing. Person I haven't talked to at all, and I'm going to go, okay, sure, why not? Let me just go to your house and take some medication from you. Uh, no problem. So I leave. I don't get a chance to say goodbye to everybody else, but I'm going, okay, I, I guess I have to go. We go into her house, and her name is Bonnie. And I look into her face, and I see that her face structure is very similar to mine as well. She has, like, thickish eyebrows, hazel eyes, round face, big cheeks, but long, beautiful brown hair. And she tells me she's subletting this place, and she's gone through a really tough year, and she's just back in Halifax, and she has this old cat, and I have a cat too, and they're both equally as annoying. And her apartment smells like cat urine. <laughs> But I'm going, there has to be a reason why I'm here and why I'm sitting with this person. And she takes out this photo album. And it's an old photo album that she found on the street. But in every single one of those photos, everybody was smiling. I remember just feeling so at peace and remembering that my friend also did photography. I was just obsessed, you know, going, I can't even focus at all on this woman that's sitting in front of me. All I could think about is this person back home. And now a few hours have passed and we're still talking about life and art. And I need to go back to my hotel, which is just literally a five-minute walk. So she says, well, I'll walk you back. And I say, sure. And we walk back, but we're walking very, very slowly. And I turn to her and I say, I'm in love with somebody back home, but this is very uncomfortable because I have no idea if she feels the same. Plus, I really, really like her as a friend, so I don't know what to do. This is a really sticky situation. And Bonnie turns to me and she says, well, you know, some people are just cilantro. And I go, I don't understand what that means. She goes, well, you know, there's certain garnishes and things. It's not that they hate cilantro, they just don't want it. And you shouldn't take offense to it if she's not interested. 
And I go, okay, I guess that makes sense. And we get to the hotel lobby, and we're still standing there. And I turn to her and I say, it's just, it's just this person back home just makes me feel like I'm flying all the time, or I'm on a roller coaster, and it's just kind of really scary that I don't feel grounded ever. And Bonnie goes, I know, I know exactly what you mean. And I go, how do you know exactly what I mean? I don't, I've just met you on my last night. She goes, I do, I do. She goes, I kind of just don't want to leave. And I say, well, I kind of don't want you to leave. So I say, you want to come back to my hotel room? But I say, but nothing's going to happen. And she goes, yes, but nothing is going to happen. <laughs> we go up the elevator, and we're sitting, and I make some tea. And she tells me the difference between farmer rich and farmer poor and where she grew up in her childhood. And I'm telling her everything about myself, too, and how I grew up in the inner city here. And we're talking so much because we're so afraid of time running out. Our throats are dry. Our mouths are dry. We're dizzy because now it's almost like 4 a.m. And suddenly there's this energy between us. And it's nothing like I've ever felt in my entire life. And I don't know what's happening. She goes, I don't know what's happening either. I'm like, I don't know if I need to be with you or you've been with me in some other past life. That sounds a little crazy. And I'm aware. And she goes, I know, I know, me too. And I'm like, I'm not usually like this. She's like, neither am I. And we both just stare at each other for another hour without talking. That's all we do. And it's almost five in the morning. And then I'm like, well, you want to stay and sleep for a couple of hours before I get back on my flight? She's like, okay. She's like, but nothing's going to happen. I'm like, yeah, like nothing's going to happen. So we lay in bed, and we're still staring at each other, but we're crying this time. Mind you, we're not on any drugs, except Benadryl. <laughs> and we're crying and crying. She's like, why did this happen? Why did we meet each other right now? You're leaving tomorrow. I can't move to Toronto. And I'm like, I don't want you to move to Toronto. Um, like, I'm, I'm in love with my friend. I just, I, you know, but I don't know how I know you so well, even though I met you on this last night. And it's all very confusing. And she keeps going, aren't we lucky duckies? Aren't we lucky duckies? And every single time she says, aren't we lucky duckies, I cry some more. Because at first, I'm very perplexed by the whole lucky ducky phrase. And I'm like, oh, what is that? That's an East Coast thing? I have no idea. And then also, I'm like, I don't know if I'm lucky. I'm so confused. So I start to play with her hair, because I don't know what else to do at this point. And uh, I'm just brushing her hair, and she starts to cry, and she says, it's nice to be seen for the first time. And I go, oh my god, it is nice to be seen for the first time, not just as a person that you pass by or... You know, but someone who actually sees you at the very core of you, even though you don't know each other for a long time, but you can pick each other up, like this sort of spiritual connection. And I say, well, maybe it's time for you to go, you know, and she goes, okay. And I say, well, when you're exiting, I can't really look at you when you're leaving because I'm going to be way too emotional. Plus, this will seem very, very real to me if I see you walking out that door. And she goes, okay. So I turn around, and she hugs me, and she says, go love your friend. And I hear her leaving, and she closes the door. And I sit there for a few minutes, and I, and I can't stop crying because I'm going, I've been seen for the first time, 
somebody has given me permission to love and I've also given myself permission to love as well. And I pick up the phone and I call her, my friend, and she thinks this is just a fun story time that I've suddenly picked up this humorous story and I'm telling her. And she gets quieter and quieter as I'm going on about what happened in the evening from the theater lobby to the bar to the allergic reaction to going back to the hotel. And I tell her that I'm in love with her, but I also think about not coming back to Toronto and just staying in Halifax. And we hang up. And I stay up the rest of the morning and I get ready in the pride chair. Kathy, this big butch lady, comes to pick me up. And I'm telling her the story because I'm trying to understand what is happening. And this woman is crying in the car, driving me to the airport, going, Halifax is a spiritual land. It has been blessed by the Buddhists. And I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, it's like the third most spiritual place like in the world. And I was like, what are the other two? She's like, I don't know, but I know, I know it's the third. And she's like, listen to me, Shaista. Uh, she didn't even come to my show. She doesn't really know me except for this crazy story that I'm telling through all these tears and going, I don't know if I'm gonna go back home because I'm too afraid of you know, finding out what's gonna happen. And she says, why don't you come live with me? Come live with me and I will take care of you and I will find you a job and we'll get you started and you can have time to write. And I'm going, no, no, I, I don't know what to do. And I get to the airport and I find out that my flight is delayed by like 45 minutes. I'm going, this has to be a sign. This has to be a sign that I have to just stay in Halifax and never go back home and never deal with my feelings. And I'll just write from here and very like, you know, maybe I'll just become an East Coaster and it'll be all be good. And when I get to the gate, I get a message from my friend who did not have enough of a reaction time when I called her at six o'clock in the morning to tell her that I was in love with her. And she tells me that she loves me in a lot of ways, you know, mostly as a friend. But as I'm reading this message, I'm thinking, well, there still has to be hope, right? If there's some love, maybe I can negotiate a little bit. <laughs> little bit more and uh, all of my friends are calling me at this time asking if I'm coming home, if I'm going to come home and I'm going, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, do I go back to Toronto, do I stay in Halifax? There's this like really butch lady who's like offering me to like live with her and she's going to take care of me. And I get on the plane after this delay and the flight is bumpy and I finally land and I call her and we talk and now months have passed and I am even more madly in love. And this time, I didn't repeat a pattern and I'm allowing myself to love somebody. Thank you. You've been listening to True Story. Thanks for listening. Everyone, I hardly know you. But when something comes and grabs a hold Take the hands that open up A life that's led is something gold I've been alone I've been